I'm looking for similarities in the way troublemakers think. This is Steve St. Clair, co-founder of Trouble Group. Join us as we learn from others who are shaking things up. Today, Chief Strategist Michelle Hart-Henry brings us another troublemaker. Welcome back to Troublemakers. I'm here today with John Montanero, who is the Vice President of Sales for Bridge Health. Let me read you a quick description of what Bridge Health does. Bridge Health connects people with the nation's best surgical care for a better experience, better outcomes, and better value. John, better is a word that we hear all the time in healthcare, and it's something that we're all striving for. Tell me more about what that statement means. The idea is to increase access to the highest quality care for all of our members. So, so going back and and looking at, at the quality piece, when we talk about better, we're talking about outcomes. So how do we get the best possible outcome for a, a specific procedure uh, with the fewest amount of complications? So if you look across the healthcare spectrum and you look at some of these large renowned hospitals, they do things very, very well, but there's no single hospital or center that does everything well. So it's really about guiding the member to the best possible location and position for their personal needs. That's interesting. And I think you're right. I think no one place can do everything well. John, tell me a little bit about you and and how you got into healthcare and then into this role in particular. So I've been in healthcare for 18 years. Uh, Started out as a medical device rep. Uh, Most of that time I spent in orthopedics, uh, total joints and also did a few years in interventional cardiology. Uh, I had an interest in healthcare for a long time, and um, I knew an orthopedic surgeon when I actually broke my own ankle, who uh, introduced me to his his rep. I didn't really know that that role existed. Um, I met him and he needed an associate, so I went to work uh, basically doing all the grunt work for him for a few years, and that was my introduction into the world of healthcare. Uh, Since then, I've gone on to work for uh, early stage healthcare startup. And I've been now been with Bridge Health for just about a year and a half. That's really cool. I often say that those of us who have spent a significant amount of our time in, in healthcare get into it sometimes by accident, but once we're in it, we're hooked because there's something about helping people get access to the best possible care that keeps you going and keeps you interested. There is, and it's really nice to uh, get a first-hand look at the results of your work. uh, particularly working in the orthopedic realm, you know, people generally have very good outcomes there and uh, you really get to see some of the benefits that you help to provide. Well, and I think that, as you mentioned, if that's something that your company is is really striving for now, that that's what Bridge Health is trying to do is make sure that there's, you know, access quality and an overall great patient experience. Tell me a little bit about kind of the, the market that Bridge Health is in um, and and how Bridge Health makes a difference. Sure. So we're working mostly in the uh, employee benefits space. We work with self-insured employers. Uh, we work with unions, but we also start to work with some of the health plans to, again, provide the highest quality care at the lowest cost for their members. Uh, so we utilize a, a network of centers of excellence uh, that we have right now currently about 155 in 34 different states that are comprised of both hospitals and ambulatory surgery centers. Um, and we have negotiated a prospective bundled rate 
around surgical procedures uh, with those hospitals. So what that means is they get paid uh, one lump sum for their services, and then there is no balanced billing or out-of-network costs, and usually the employer will waive any coinsurance or deductibles for their member. Typically, the savings that the employer or union would receive are on in the 35 to 50% range on a, on a per case basis. But also the quality side of things is the most important. So we only contract with uh, facilities and providers who perform in the top 25% nationally as far as outcomes, at least in the surgical categories that we cover. And because of that, we show uh, an 80% reduction in, in complications. You know, we consider a complication anything that is an unintended outcome of, of the procedure. Complications can be not only costly, but financially and emotionally and physically difficult for the member as well. So uh, it's really about improving the overall outcome at a lower cost and also helping guide them through the experience. We utilize our care coordination team. Each member is connected with a care coordinator who stays with them throughout their entire journey. So you have an advocate there to help you through the system. And that's everything from surgical or surgeon and surgical site selection to um, obtaining your medical records. If you do need to travel, they're going to handle all of that. And really, if you just even need emotional support or uh, someone to ask questions of, they're going to be there with you until you're fully recovered. You know, what you said, and, and a couple of things have stuck with me uh, based on what you've just talked about, you know, impressive numbers, right? You know, top 25%, uh, 50% savings, 80% better outcomes. I mean, those are impressive, impressive results. But what resonates with me as a, a consumer and somebody who's needed healthcare services is that idea of somebody with me the entire way, right? You know, somebody to guide and help and support and coordinate I think that's unique in this space, is it not? I'd like to think so. I mean, you really can't overstate the job that our care coordinators do. They really are an amazing group. And, you know, when when people first come talk to us, it, it's usually spurred by cost, right? How do I drive down the cost of my benefits or the, my health care spent? But once you start talking, really what's most important to them is their member experience. And healthcare is confusing. How do you know where to go? Uh, even though that today there is more information out there than perhaps ever before, how do you sift through what's accurate and what is not? Most of the time, people still rely on either their referring physician or maybe a friend or family member who's gone to see someone before. So we really try to strip down things like reputation bias, and I'm going there because it's this world-renowned center. Uh, there's really some wonderful outcomes being done at local or regional facilities that you can access. And uh, it's just about picking the right place for you. We're, we're really site agnostic. It doesn't matter to us if it's done in a surgery center, if it's done in a hospital, or uh, where it's done, as long as it's within our network. And I know that quality is uh, a moving target. Uh, there really is no perfect way to measure it, but uh, we've come up with, with a really good start. Uh, we feel it's accurate, defensible, and, and we're constantly looking at different inputs and, and different ways to evaluate that. We have a our chief medical officer, uh, as well as our chief quality officer, both MD and RN respectively. And they're reviewing this on a weekly, if not daily basis to see how we can improve the outcomes that we're getting. That's impressive. And, you know, this whole idea of 
how do we help people make better choices, right? How do we give them the, the tools and the resources so that they get the best outcomes? Exactly. Exactly. It, you know, after spending as much time in surgery as I have, both <laughs> as a device rep and unfortunately as a patient, it matters very much where you go and who you see when you get there. And to our earlier point, there's nowhere that does everything well. So it's really finding what your specific need is and connecting you with the right person. In other settings that I've worked in, we've built these kinds of uh, narrow networks, if you will. But it's interesting to see that you guys are really specializing in surgery and surgery in some specific areas. Um, why that approach? Why surgery? Why those areas and that focus? It's a good question, and there's a few reasons. Um, out of total healthcare spend, you know, surgery can be up to 50% of that for a company's benefits. It also can have a relatively immediate effect. So I'm not in any way diminishing the importance of focusing on things like chronic disease or uh, health and wellness. They just typically tend to require some sort of lifestyle modifications or changes that can take a little bit longer to show an ROI. If you have members who need a hip replaced, that arthritis is not going away. There is no way to regrow that cartilage. So they're going to have that procedure at some point better to realize that quality and savings now. And then you can take that return and invest it in any sort of health and wellness initiatives you need. But I think that, again, it's it's more of an immediate return. And I think there's a, a glaring need, as we've talked about before, to help people navigate to quality and just improve the overall experience. Uh, if, you, if you've never been through the healthcare system, good for you if you haven't, it, it can be a little bit daunting as far as navigating all the different quality issues, experience issues. What's this going to cost me? How long am I going to be out of work? Is it going to hurt? <laughs> when do I recover? Will I be able to get back to doing what I've done before? So this can be a, a pretty anxious time for folks. And there was a real opportunity there to step in and, and offer some help. I like what you said, navigating, you know, healthcare can be intimidating. I think that might be the uh, understatement of the day for sure. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> you know, as you look at what your company is doing and, you know, surgery as the, the, the focus, um, you know, what were the challenges? And this is a two-part question, I guess. What were the challenges um, in, in kind of selling this and presenting this in a pre-COVID world? And how has that changed in a current COVID world? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, obviously, these are unprecedented times. Um, I, I would say that pre-COVID-19, at least from a sales perspective, inertia was probably our biggest challenge. Uh, I'm with my plan. They've got a COE program or, you know, at least a distinction program. I don't want to change. It's just too hard to do. So trying to educate people on the fact that, you know, this, while this is disruptive, it's not exactly a heavy lift. It's really not going to interfere with the way you've done things previously. It's just going to offer more choice and really educating folks on those quality differences, right? I, I mean, if you haven't really thought to look, you just say, well, I'm going to go here, there, and there, there really is that variation. So of that, along with the, the typical sales issues of, of just getting, getting in front of the right person at the right time. That, I think, was our, our issues in, in the pre-COVID-19 world. Post-COVID-19, it's, or at least, <laughs> I shouldn't even say post yet, uh, in the midst of COVID-19, you know, things have really changed. So if you're talking to employers, they've, a lot have had to either furlough or, or unfortunately, let go of their employees. Uh, you know, union 
members are out of work. Uh, there's some question around people will come back. How many people will be on their on their benefits? Uh, what's this going to cost? I think the World Health Congress it was quoted that benefit costs are going to rise anywhere from four to forty percent coming year. That's that's like saying we have no idea. I mean, that's a huge range, but it will get more expensive. A lot of members that we had queued up to have surgery, their cases were delayed and state by state, they put a hold on elective procedures. And what are the differing policies for as these procedures start to open up, right? This is run typically at the state level. So we really have to work hard to stay on top of the different policies and procedures that are in place as far as, you know, does, does every patient need to be tested before they go? Are they going to need to quarantine for two weeks? Is their companion going to need to quarantine between the time they have that test and the time they go get their procedure? We are working hard to grow or expand our local and regional presence, understanding that, you know, there are different travel policies in place, not only by by county or by state, but also by company. You know, some folks just aren't going to want their people traveling. Some people will not be comfortable traveling. So as much as possible, we're trying to keep people local. That may not always be a possibility, depending on their needs and the quality options available around them. But again, if, if they do have to travel, we, we're working hard with the airlines, with the hotels, with the providers, uh, just to make sure that we're meeting all the policies to keep them safe in these current conditions. And I'm sure that that's kind of no easy job. You said something that intrigues me, um, and I agree with what your your statement was that healthcare costs might increase from four to forty percent. Really does mean we have no idea. But my sense is, is that your organization will be uniquely positioned, whether it's four percent or or forty percent, to help employers navigate their way through that. Yes, at least, uh, again, on, the, on their surgical side, you know, there's the, the benefit is there, the return is quick, and hopefully they'd be able to utilize some of those savings to bring more of those people back or, or work on some other initiatives to, to restart their businesses. You know, it's, it's been a, a tough road for everyone in this economy, Bridge. we've been in a, an enviable position of, of not having to let anyone go. Uh, we actually had a pandemic response in place, not because... We knew this was coming, but because uh, we, we brought on a client last year who required one. So uh, we've had very minimal disruption to our workforce, luckily, and that's allowed us to stay on and, and help our members and the new clients we have coming on navigate this these issues as they come up. As they always say, you know, forewarned is forearmed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so in this situation, for sure, that that's helped out. Let's switch gears just a little bit, John. Um, you know, you talked about being here at, at Bridge for, you said, just over a year at this point, you know, and your background in, in sales in, in other arenas of, of healthcare. As you kind of look at what you're doing now or, or where you've been, you know, what would you say have been your, your biggest successes? You know, it's, it's an interesting question. I was thinking about how I ended up where I am now, and it certainly probably wasn't how I drew it up. But, you know, you just have to be, be flexible, take things as they come. There's there's opportunities everywhere. And I, I think that some of my biggest success, again, is, is just getting to the point I am now with a, with a great group of folks and a great company. When I look at sales success, uh, what's always worked for me has been being a resource. It's a cliche and an adage that we're, we're here not so much to sell, but to solve a, a customer's problems. That's That's true. And you do that better by trying to be as much of an expert in your area as you can, being a resource, helping them answer questions or uh, figure out ways to solve their issues. 
as opposed to just uh, pumping out product information. So that's really what stood me in, in good stead. Continue to learn, continue to try to get better and offer up the expertise where you can. What role do you think empathy has played in your career and your success so far? Well, I work in healthcare. You got to have some empathy, <laughs> you know, especially if you if you've been a patient yourself. So I think it's incredibly important to put yourself in a in a prospect or a customer's shoes to understand their needs. Uh, when you're working in, in healthcare, if you're working in device, you really have to understand the outcome you're trying to achieve for the patient and what it is that they're going through. And as long as you put those things first, the success will come after. But you know, never forget that at the at the end of all this is a, is a is a patient or a or a person or a family member, and uh, their lives and livelihood. So as long as you keep that in mind, you should be in, in a good spot. Yeah, I think that too often we forget about those kinds of things. So it's it does my heart good to hear you say that. If you had the chance to tell your younger self something, what would you tell your your younger self? Stretch. I would <laughs> stretch <laughs> literally or stretch physically or um, no. literally or figuratively. Oh, literally, physically, stretch, it's important. Um, <laughs> I think beyond that, you know, again, is to uh, maintain an even keel. There's there's ups and downs. Uh, never get too high when things are going right or too low when they're going wrong. Because, uh, again, it, to be cliche, you know, in, in crisis is opportunity. So it may not always go to plan, but uh, you could still end up exceeding your own expectation. Keep calm and carry on, as I say. As I say, so in our earlier conversations, John, we talked about surfing and we talked about the fact that you love to surf. Are there analogies between surfing and what you do and, and how you do it? That's an interesting question. Um, I suppose, you know, it, it both can be fun and both can be scary. But uh, I guess the biggest analogy is, you know, there's there's always someplace new to explore, some new way to do things and you can constantly improve. Same goes with work and progress as a salesperson. I love it. I agree. I think in life it's always about trying to find what that improvement is. Well, John, it has been just a delight to talk with you today and and to have you on our podcast. And I wish you good waves, good surf, and uh, sunny skies. (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. To learn more about Bridge Health, visit their website at bridgehealth.com, Twitter at Bridge Health, Facebook or LinkedIn. This has been a Trouble Group podcast. Learn more about us at troublegroup.com. If you're a troublemaker and want to be on the podcast, email steve at troublegroup.com. 